internet, and welcome to another episode of Geek Fanthology. I am your host, Neil Cordray. I'm writing solo again this, uh, this week. Sorry. Um, apparently here at the beginning of 2018, schedules are hard. Um, everybody's, everybody's work and everything else got completely completely messed up and so we're trying to find a good way to a good uh recording time for this year hopefully we'll get something nailed down here pretty soon but um we couldn't this week so here i am to provide you some form of content um you may notice that this is one of the first episodes we've done in a long time in stereo that is because uh there will be some musical elements um Involved, And I will try and keep the volume on that not quite so crazy. I've been told that when I splice in music, it's crazy loud. I'll make sure to turn the uh, amplitude down on it. But um, today, I thought that I would offer you my top ten favorite musical artists slash bands. couple basic... Uh, Ground rules established here. These are my personal favorite musical artists slash bands. I have been told I have bizarre taste in music. Um, furthermore, up until the last three, the order doesn't really matter. I'm still going to provide it as a 10, 9, 8, etc. But that's mostly just for organizational purposes. Um, so any of th these were just really, um, from four up through 10, it was not so much. These are my favorite bands in this order, but these are the, but this was the order that I thought of them in backwards. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, obviously it's my own personal list. If you think that a band I listed on here sucks. Okay. That's your, that is like your opinion, man. And that's perfectly fine. Everyone has opinions. Um, this is my opinion. If you think that uh, I left out someone, or if you think that there's someone I should really check out because you think that they'd be right up my alley given what I've said, um, Leave me a comment uh, on the website or on the Facebook page or when this goes on YouTube, on the YouTube page, um, somewhere. Also, please like, comment, and subscribe, share, all those things. I am actually really going to ask for that at the beginning of episodes just because I really am trying to push the podcast this year. All right. Um, now that I'm nice and completely unprofessional and this is off the cuff because all our top tens are... Uh, let's go ahead and get started with number 10. Pink Floyd. Um, this is probably the most or second most mainstream band or group on this list. Um, <laughs> I am... It's not that I don't like mainstream music. I do, but a lot of my favorite groups are much more indie slash underground. I'm a total hipster when it comes to music. Um, I blame my parents. But, yeah, Pink Floyd 
I, I, I did actually debate a little bit whether I want to put Pink Floyd or Led Zeppelin here at number 10. Um, because, you know, rock and roll is my favorite kind of music. If I had to pick just one type of music that to listen to going forward, it would be rock. Um, and you can't go, you can't go, uh, can't go wrong with either Floyd or Zeppelin in terms of really good rock music. Um, Pink Floyd won out because I thought of it first, mostly. Um, also because I get to tell a very interesting story, um, so when I was 12-ish, 12 or 13, um, I caught on late night television one night when I was supposed to be asleep. Yeah, my parents were finding out about this. Ooh. Um, Pink Floyd's The Wall on TV. Uh, now, it was still edited for TV. It wasn't like we, we didn't have HBO or anything along those lines. Um, but what gets edited for TV and what doesn't, um, yeah, um, it was, I was way too young to see that movie and it kind and it actually has inflicted upon me a small amount of, uh, trauma such that I can't listen to Pink Floyd music at night, uh, because I get like PTSD flashbacks. Probably not actually PTSD. I'm not trying to make light of post-traumatic stress, but that's the best. That's the best analogy that I can think of. So, yeah. Um, still, I, I love Pink Floyd. Just a great band. Comfortably Numb has one of my favorite guitar solos. Ooh, I should do top ten guitar solos at some point. I do love music. Um, Comfortably Numb definitely has one of my favorite guitar solos, like, ever in it. Um, and, like, the entirety of the Division Bell album is really good and kind of underrated when you can pair it to, you know, The Wall, which everyone thinks of. So, yeah, Pink Floyd. Really, really, really great uh, group. Highly recommend their music. Yeah. Number nine. Number nine is Murder by Death. Um, this is a band that my brother Kent got me into. Um... Man, they are hard to describe. Um, I specifically their album In Boca Al Lupo. Although I also really like the album uh, Who Will Survive and What Will Remain of Them, which is a really interesting concept album about the devil being in a hospital room in um, in a small Texas town. And in fact, as a matter of th as I think about it, every single one of uh, Murder by Death's albums that I've heard has been a concept album. Um, which, yeah, that's, that's actually kind of cool. I only just realized that. Um, 
In Boca al Lupo is a song conceptualized on the on uh, Dante's Inferno. Um, so as you uh, so as the as the tracks progress, you go deeper and deeper into the into the circles of hell. Um, I think you start in purgatory. I can't remember. Um, although really, one of them is very much more a purgatory song, and it's like the sixth or seventh track. But oh well. Um. <clears throat> I, well, so in school, I played the violin. Um, so any band, uh, any group that incorporates, um, any, any band that incorporates, you know, orchestra, uh, um, orchestral instruments into their act, uh, that, that, uh, props there. Um, and Murder by Death has a really awesome cellist. Um, so, and now that I'm older, I really kind of wish I had picked up the cello instead of the violin initially, because it's just, it's a much prettier instrument in my opinion. Um, I've always been a sucker for a good bass line in various, uh, songs. So the deeper, more, more harmonic, but still melodic, uh, voices in, uh, in music always appeal to me. And their their artist, their their lead man, their their front man, that's the word, front man. Um sounds a lot like Johnny Cash, which uh which is cool. So Yeah, it's um They're hard to describe, but you heard a little bit of their music, uh, and you're hearing a little bit of it now probably, depending on how long how far I cut this. Um, I'm recording all the, all the, uh, words first before I cut in some music. Um, so there might still be something playing low in the background. Um, but yeah, Murder by Death, really cool band. Number eight. I'm hip. I'm no square. I'm alert, I'm awake, I'm aware I am always on the scene Making the rounds, digging the sounds Dave Frischberg So, <clears throat> ah, first of the bands that my dad really got me into um, Bands uh, Dave Frischberg's a single guy, although he plays with a backing band uh, frequently He is a jazz pianist Um which is not as dirty a word as it sounds when you say it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not above making that joke. Um, I love jazz. Um, I needed, and, and I wanted to make sure that we have at least, that I had at least one jazz artist um, on this list. And unfortunately, we only get two, but um, <laughs> yeah, we get two. I love jazz, like I said. Um, and part of the reason I like Frischberg so much is because my dad likes him. Um, I mean, there are other really good uh, piano players that we could be that could be included here. Um, Brubeck springs to mind, um, or uh, Monk. But Frischberg is who I grew up with, so I have the most fond memories of him. Um, and I just like when when I hear. Um, when I hear the song, The Golden Sands of Zanzibar, I get kind of 
weepily nostalgic, which is interesting because we never actually had an album with the Golden Sands of Zanzibar on it, one of his songs. Um, Not even the one that I'm playing here because uh, I don't have a recording of it. (laughs) Um, And I'm I'm only using music that I have a legitimate uh, copy of, so... Yeah, um, Frischberg's great. Um, I've only gotten a chance to see him live once, and I'm sorry to say I probably won't get another chance to see him live. He's he's getting up there in age. I don't know how long he's going to keep doing live stuff. Um, and he's just great because he, he 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 plays his when he goes live he plays his songs and improvises and plays new riffs and things and sings cuz he's a good singer too um without anything in front of him like he just plays it from memory which is really really scragging impressive and just i mean part of the reason i don't think he's going to you know he's going to tour as much anymore is because when i did see him he blanked out on a couple songs and he he got frustrated and and that was sad especially because he's one of my dad's absolute favorite um artists and i think my dad was kind of devastated to see him losing it on stage a little bit but it was still just an absolute pleasure to get to see him in the first place yeah Dave Frischberg. Uh, if you like jazz piano, check him out. Number seven. I hurt myself today to see Number seven, my only country artist. Um, full disclosure, I don't much care for country music. Um, but I like Johnny Cash. <laughs> Maybe it's because he's more—he's more rock and roll um, in a lot of his music. And as established, I do like rock and roll. Um, and I do tend to like older country a lot more than I like newer country. Like, I, I like Dolly Parton a lot, too. Um, but especially recent music, I, the, my, my, my hipster dislike of mainstream extends very much to um, anything that's been played on country music radio in the last about 10 years. Um partially because when in one job we had played over the radio and it was it was top 40 country so i heard the same nine songs 50 times a day and that'll drive anyone crazy ask like try start singing something like i don't know uh, some christmas song around someone who works retail like start singing jingle bell rock about around someone who works retail and they will throttle you doesn't matter when because they hate that song because they've heard it so many times. Uh, that's how I feel about pretty much um, 
all country music that I've heard in the last 10 years. But, um, sorry, that's my little tirade against the radio and overplay uh, done. Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash is the man. Um, man in black, sure, but just in general was the man. I guess I need to use the proper um, tense here. Uh, just so, so good. Um, interestingly enough, the first album of his I owned was uh, American 4, The Man Comes Around. And that is so amazingly different from anything he did earlier, which is just kind of, that that's, it was his last album. He, and I'm pretty sure he knew he was dying because he, he had that kind of finality to his, to his songs. Um, now, and I mean, it, it wasn't like a, oh man, I'm dying. It was a, well, I've had a really good run. Here's, I'm going out. Um, that his cover of Hurt is so good on that. If that's what I, if, if I've got that here, that's what's going on my, uh, on the thing. Cause I know I've got the album somewhere. So if I can find it, I can just, I can just rip it. But, um, man. Um, and then of course you, you dig into his years of, of things, the Folsom prison blues, the, you know, ring of fire, which is actually kind of only an okay song in my opinion, but it's got a fun little line and it's definitely the song that everyone seems to remember about him or, uh, walk the line or man, just, and that speaking of walk the line, that was a good biopic. Um, I did quite enjoy it. Um, Joaquin Phoenix was a good pick for cash. Um, yeah. I, I'm sorry. These these top tens always kind of suck because I run out of things to say when I don't have anyone else to vamp off of. But, you know, um, that won't be quite so much a thing to say um, with my next one. So let's move on. Tonight. Gonna have Number six. A real good time. I feel alive. And the world, I'm inside out. I'm floating around. Number six is Queen. Um. Queen really ought to be up at number four, but like I said, I'm too lazy to change the order that I wrote things down in. Um, because three, two, and one all very much deserve their spot. Um, they're not going anywhere, but Queen should definitely really should be up at number four. Um, but I'm lazy. Man, Queen is just, was just fantastic. Um, I, I don't so much like the new guy that, that they reformed with that because you can't replace Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury just had one of those voices and one of those sets of performance and delivery that is just, I don't know. It, it's untouchable. Um, partially because the man had a four and a half octave range. Um, and 
made full use of it. Um, and I mean, you get, and you've got, uh, you've got only a couple real classic songs that pretty much everyone knows, but Queen's also like one of the biggest, like cult band that I can think of that, that, um, because yeah, because yeah, I mean they they sell out massive arenas, but anyone in my generation, um, not very not too many of us have heard of Queen, which is a shame. Well, maybe not my generation, but definitely the generation before that or after mine. Um, I remember um, watching a, a YouTube video about a guy. It was they were uh, looking at. Uh, the, the, the band, um, uh, Panic at the Disco. And it was a React video. And one of the reactors was like, man, this singer has just like one of the best ranges ever. I'm like, he's, he's got three octaves. Maybe. I've got a bigger range than that guy. Um, and... Like, I can sing every song from Panic! at the Disco. I can't sing every Queen song. Uh, <laughs> um, and and I, that was just a real shame. Um, and you gotta, and, and I, I particularly love Queen because of some of the movies that they've, that, you know, Flash Gordon, you know, Flash! Ah! Yeah, sorry, that was probably a little loud, but whatever um or you know the the soundtrack to highlander just oh man um and what more to i guess i i don't have as much to say about queen as i thought um but also at the same time what more is there to say it's it's queen they're awesome uh, favorite song of theirs, almost definitely, "Don't Stop Me Now." Um, just because I, when I was in when I was in high school, um, the the drama the drama department, we would always uh, in every cast party, the entire company, including uh, in, including uh, the including the the crew, would all get together and everybody would just belt out as hard as they could "Bohemian Rhapsody," but. Uh, that's just because you know th- th- that's what you do. It's Bohemian Rhapsody. You, you sing it hard. Everybody sings it. Only half of the people singing it are on key. But <laughs> but if I had to pick one, like if there was one song that I would say that really should be listened to more than anything else when it comes to Queen, uh, I'd say uh, "Don't Stop Me Now" or Seven Seas of Rye." Um, because they're they're still pretty well known, but they're not as well known, and that's I feel like that's kind of important. Yeah, so Queen, my number six. Number five. Number five is Nightwish. Um, yet another band that Kent got me into. Um, so that's what two now? Yeah, two. 
Um, and there will be a third sort of, because I've got a couple honorable mentions that are worth mentioning, but I don't think can uh, legitimately make my top ten for a couple reasons, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, but Nightwish, um, I've only heard one of their albums, which is their greatest hit album before uh, they lost their lead singer, whose name I can't think of. And I'm not going to look up because I'm feeling lazy. Uh, and also my keyboard makes a lot of noise and people have told me that they don't like that. Uh, so, <laughs> um, Nightwish, um, for a long, for, so before I got into Nightwish, I was into a lot of other, uh, symphonic power metal, um, Rhapsody of Fire is another band that, that could have ma- potentially made this spot, um, and there are a few others that, you know, Italian, Italian symph- uh, symphonic power metal, which that's cool. Although, okay, Nightwish is, I think, Danish. I think they're, I think they're from Denmark. They're either from Denmark or, or Finland or Iceland. I don't know. Nat- uh, um, Danish? Is that right? Uh... Okay, I'll ask the internet on my on my phone because that doesn't make noise. Finland. Okay, they're they're Finnish. Sorry. Um, and the the thing that really set them apart for me from Rhapsody of Fire or from uh, Freedom Call or uh, there are a few others that 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 kind of spring to mind. Um, why don't I have that band on my list? Uh, oh well, we'll call them an honorary number eleven. We'll talk to them in honor in honorable mentions. Um, Nightwish. Uh, the thing that always set them apart for me was the vocals of the uh, of the lead vocalist for the uh, for from uh, let's see here, um, Tarja Tr- um, Trunen. Um, and I mean, their um, their new lead vocalist, um, what's her name? I don't know. She she's someone else. Is really good, but she's not Tarsha. Is kind of the problem when you're dealing with someone who literally can sing opera and probably does. Um, and you're doing operatic metal. Um, someone who can kind of fake opera pretty well is a step down. It's like, it would be like getting my dad to sing um, La Donna Immobile and getting me to sing La Donna Immobile. We can both do it, but he sounds better because he's more trained than I am. Um, at least I think we can both hit the, hit all those notes. He should be able to. I, can, I almost can. Um, that's the thing. I have to struggle for the high note, um, and he doesn't. So there we are. Um, but Nightwish is really good. So, um, they're worth listening to. Uh, their newer stuff, I don't feel is as good as their older stuff, but their, but their newer stuff is also plenty good. So yeah, Nightwish. Number four.
Number four is Arlo Guthrie, which, come to think of it, can't introduce me to again. <laughs> Although Ethan could also be really uh, blamed for this because Ethan played a lot of Woody Guthrie, and I'm sure he mixed some Arlo in there too when I was uh, when I was younger. Um, I have had the great pleasure of getting to see Arlo Guthrie in concert, um, which is a real treat because he, he only sings about for, for about half the concert. The rest of him is just tell him telling random stories. Um, uh, the, the song that everybody knows is Alice is Alice's restaurant massacre, which is honestly probably still one of his best songs too. Um, coming into Los Angeles is also a really good song. Um, as is, uh, as is um, his version of uh, the city of New Orleans. Um, um, he, he is a folk singer through and through and through and through. Um, just like, you know, it... I mean, he's not quite as much of like a... I, I probably not he you can't quite as easily believe of Arlo that he like would ride the rails as a hobo like he like his dad like almost definitely did or at least it seemed like his dad probably did. Woody Guthrie, by the way, also really awesome and worth checking out. Like proto folk music, he's one of the the really like the big names in that, if you will, um, from back when, you know, folk music was really more just kind of music. Um, man, Arlo Guthrie, it's just, he's, it, Arlo Guthrie was much more of a, of a hippie flower child as opposed to his dad, you know, the, the, the rambling man. Um, and I think that's kind of what, part of what attracts me to him, just like, he he's very he's very chill and relaxed, man. Like, you know, just you have a good time and and you know, listen to some good music and and the, the government kind of sucks, but you know, it's, it's it'll be okay. Um I and mean, sometimes yeah, we got to we got to stand up and fight against what's wrong, but we we can do it. It's a very, he's a very positive, um, at least in, in my reading of him, he's a very positive, um, optimistic, uh, protester. So what do you know? Uh, before I get to the three that, you know, actually have kind of set places, although two and three are interchangeable, um, we're going to go ahead and now offer a couple Honorable mentions. Honorable mention number one. Daft Punk. How in the planet of hell did I not remember Daft Punk when I was actually writing this list? Um, I remembered them about, I don't know, five, ten minutes ago while I was talking about Nightwish. Um, which is crazy. I love Daft Punk. They're great. Listen to their music.
Honorable mention number two. Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Um, I love TSO. Um, they are honestly actually probably the band I've gone to see second most often of all of the groups that, of, of anyone I've seen live. Um, the reason they don't make this list is primarily because they only do Christmas music, uh, except for that one album that was um, not so Christmassy oriented. And while I do love their Christmas music, um, I disagree with anyone who says that they suck. Fight me, Vince. Um, I can't legitimately put them on this list because I wouldn't list them, listen to them year-round. Um, I, I bust out Lost Christmas Eve, my favorite of their albums, every Christmas. But I pretty much only listen to them around Christmas time. So, yeah. Honorable mention number three, I guess, uh, is The Reliquaries. Um, my sister-in-law has a band. Uh, they have a single album out. It's called The Juniper The Juniper Tree. They're really, really good, um, but I couldn't... Uh, one, I mean, they only have one album, and while you are really, really good, Livy, I love you, you're great, um, I, I couldn't legitimately put this on my top ten because... One, uh, if I'm being honest, I like a lot of your a lot of other people more than you. And two, it kind of seems like nepotism. I mean, I'm not giving you anything other than a li- n- number on my list. But you know, when I when I make it big, everybody's going to search out your band. And if I if I had put it on the on the top ten, and I, and I want to do that to you because uh, pe- people would accuse me of favoritism. That's the word favoritism, not nepotism. But yeah, uh, reliquary rel- reliquaries also very much worth checking out. Number three. Number three and number two, uh, once again, the they are interchangeable in that position as number three and number two. They're both tied for my second favorite group, period. Um, that is how very, very good they are. Number one has an absolute winner, winning ship, which is why number one is my number one. But that's why I did uh, uh, um, honorable mentions. Those are the words. Um, Before three and two, just to sort of break them up, because this is where the rankings start to matter. So uh, at number three, I have the band Caravan Palace. Um, 
Caravan Palace is an electro swing um, group, which is my definitely my favorite newer genre because it's not something that really existed more than like eh, five, six years ago at this point. I don't know, maybe a little bit. It's very, very new. Um, uh, and so what it is is mix uh, electronic house music. Um, well, not house music, but definitely EDM um, with swing music. Um, and in the case of Caravan Palace... Specifically, you're mixing um, electronica with gypsy jazz, uh, 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 you know, a la Django Reinhardt, um, who we can also consider a, an honorable mention, even though I've never listened to any of his music, just because gypsy jazz, the, that is just really kind of amazing. Um, I've never heard anything specifically of Reinhardt's, but he's the one that everyone sort of points at as, you know, the progenitor. Um I don't know uh, what really more to say about them other than their music's really freaking awesome. Um, you can head bop to it. You can dance to it. Oh, man, can you dance to it. Uh, you can house dance. You can swing dance. You can tap dance. Um, and, not, and it doesn't seem out of place to be doing any of that either. Um, Hell, you could probably mosh to it. Um, I don't know. Moshing, I don't know. That That's maybe a little bit more uh, harder-edge uh, music, but... And I, I don't really know... I don't I don't mosh, so... Meh. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, you know, they, they, they just, you know, combine turntable, guitar, clarinet... And one of those, you know, 10 by 10 little LED pads that has all the samples on it that you just hit buttons. Um, and it works. It works so well. Yeah. Caravan Palace. Number three. Slash two. Because I can't make up my mind which of these groups is better. Probably the next one I'm listing, which is why they're at number two. Speaking of... Number two. Seat belts. Yes, that's the name of the band. Um, seat belts is the jazz combo that y that um, Yoko Kano pulled together specifically for Cowboy Bebop. They have seven albums. <laughs> well, no, they have five albums, but one of them a, is a five-disc box, and... Mm -hmm. um, as stated earlier, I am a sucker for jazz. Um, Frischberg is there. Um, Caravan Palace is very much uh, is is very much jazz inspired, if not honestly jazz. Um, and Seatbelts is a it's it, they're they're 
they are jazz in more than one sense. I mean, closest you could probably put them to would be early bebop uh, slash late big band. But that's really shoehorning them because, or well, not really shoehorning, but that's really limiting them because they had a huge scope. And they had some of the best damn musicians on every single instrument ever. Um, the, the saxophone solo to What Planet Is This sends shivers up my spine every time I hear it. I gotta make sure that it was a saxophone. It's the solo in What Planet Is This. I'm pretty sure it's sax. Give me a second. Yeah, it's a saxophone. I'm, uh, give it a listen here, a little bit. Isn't that just great? Uh, just phenomenally good music for my favorite anime of all time, as I'm sure I've mentioned, unless you count Clannad, um, which, you know, Clannad's really, really good, too. But, I don't know. I can't remember whether I mentioned, whether I said Clannad or Cowboy Bebop was number one. It should have been Cowboy Bebop if I didn't say it, but although I might have been feeling snarky at the time. Um, I can't be bothered to go back and listen to the episode of the podcast to find out. Um, <laughs> my tastes are always kind of transitory. That's why these lists are actually really hard for me to do. Because, um, you know, we just got... You know, there, there's so many good things out there to say, these are my top ten favorite. It's my top ten favorite right now. Um, the only three that I'm really hard stuck on are Caravan Palace, Seatbelts, and... Number one. My number one favorite band is easily Bela Fleck and the Flecktones. They are just so good. Like, um, once again, we have a jazz band, sort of. Bela Fleck and the Flectones is one of those bands that completely, completely defies any sort of categorization. Um, they can be anything. Um, and they are good as anything. Um, I mean, okay, so they're... Their lead is Bela Fleck, the preeminent banjo player of 
of right. So okay, there are pretty much only two voices that really, the two names that get mentioned in the same breath when it comes to the world's greatest banjo players, and that's Earl Scruggs and Bela Fleck. He plays the banjo. He plays the rock slash jazz banjo. I mean, he plays bluegrass too. He's really good at that too. Um, but he got tired of bluegrass because it was always kind of the same thing. So instead, he got together with a couple of uh, of, of the Wooten brothers. Um, Victor Wooten, by the way, is a is a name that you talk to most bass that any to any bass player who knows his stuff, and that's a name that you recognize is Victor Wooten. Um, and his brother Roy on drums, and um, for their first three albums, uh, Howard Levy, um, the pre- one of like the only real name I can think of in, when it comes to virtuoso harmonica playing, um, <laughs> he invented an overblow technique for the harmonica that no one else can do. Um, Sometimes referred to as the man with two tongues because some t- somehow he can somehow make three different sounds come out of a harmonica simultaneously. Just blows it away. Every Bale Fleck and the Flecktones is a super group of people you've never heard of because they're all too underground. <laughs> um, and just like. Every single one of them is considered pretty much the best in their field. Um, with the exception of after, uh, after their third album, uh, Left of... Or not, not their third album, Left of Cool. Um, so really just two albums? Now i got to double check. Um, finally, you're going to hear me. You're going to hear me type. Um, hey, LaFleck and the Flecktones. Um... Let's see. Uh, 1992, they uh, they did a thing. Uh, bu- 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 discography, please. Oh, yeah, after their third album, which was UFO Tofu, uh, Howard Levy left the band for a while to do his own thing. Um, and they got saxophonist uh, Jeff Coffin who people who are less hipster than me might recognize as the um, saxophone player who now plays for um, who now plays for Dave Matthews band um, and yeah um Just, man, um, so, okay, and th- I'm, I'm getting distracted because I'm reading a Wikipedia article. I'm sorry. Um, I'll cut out some of the, the dead so- noise there. But, okay, so their concerts are amazing. If You need to see them live at some point because invariably... During their concerts, every single one of them gets about 5 to 15 minutes, depending on how long they want, on stage, by themselves, 
just fiddling around with their instrument. Um, so you get, and, and you get to hear people redefine their instrument as a result. Um, you know, Bela Fleck comes out and, and for 15 minutes plays the banjo, which you think would be boring, except it's not because he plays like, you know, he, he somehow transitions from like, from say Foggy Mountain Breakdown to, uh, to, to like Thunderstruck and then into some classical piece by Rachmaninoff and somehow it all fits together. Um, (laughs) because he's a genius. Um, like he's just a musical genius. There's no real getting around that. They all are. Um, and not only is he a musical genius, and the and the and the mainstays of the of the band are musical geniuses, but he attracts other musical geniuses. Like this is where I first heard Jake Shimabukura, who is like who who is the world's preeminent ukulele player, who can get sounds out of a ukulele that you didn't think you could get out of a ukulele. Um, the guy who who comes onto state who has like five ukuleles on stage because he plays them so hard that he snaps strings, which you're like, you know, he plays it. He plays hardcore ukulele or like, I don't know. Um, had a really uh, one, 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 um, concert of theirs I went to, they had a theremin player. Uh, now theremin, now theremin is, is an instrument that, get that you play by holding your hand inside uh next to two antenna and um and interfering with um with electromagnetic waves um the sound that you you, you it's it's primarily a sound that you associate with horror movies it's sort of weird otherworldly sound um and then you hear someone play, I don't know, and then you hear, hear this theremin player play something completely out of left field on it. Bela Fleck and the Flecktones has one of the most interesting, um, has one of the most interesting mm, honors you could say about it. It has been nominated in more, as a group, um, they have been nominated in more different categories at the Grammys than anyone else. <laughs> and when you take the combined Grammy wins of all the members in the group, they have the most Grammy wins of any group in existence. And also in the most categories. Um, when, you take the, when you take them as individual members as well. Um <laughs> So let's see. Uh, they've been nominated in, primarily in jazz, pop, and instrumental, um, but also world. Um, it's just—it's just so so weird and so great. And there's a reason I saved them for last because I've been talking about them now for another for about ten minutes. Um. <laughs> um it just, man, Bela Fleck and the Flecktones, great, great group. Uh, check them out, and then check out each of their individual members. Um, 
if I had to pick a single, oh, and also this is an album. This is a group that I've known forever. Um, if I had to pick a single album of theirs to recommend, I would very much recommend Flight of the Cosmic Hippo. Um, and if that album title doesn't work for you, then you have no soul. Um, yeah, just, hmm. Bale Fleck and the Flecktones. Check them out, please. Uh, so, yeah, it's a little bit of a shorter episode, only about probably once I cut in music, which I haven't done because I'm recording all the audio on the, the voiceover on this first, uh, probably only about an hour. Um, but I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and... Next week, we will uh, be back to hopefully having recorded actual episodes with the group. Um, should be uh, what we're looking forward to in 2018, what we're expecting, our thoughts and forecasts and predictions. In the intervening time, this has been Neil with Geek Fanthology. And we hope you tune in again next week. Bye. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter C and the number 37. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin MacLeod. If you made it to the outro and still don't know who did the other music, I don't know what to say, but I did use it fairly. If you enjoyed this podcast or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. We read all of them. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us either by donating on our website or at Patreon at patreon.com slash working theory. A final thought. Good music is good. And we need more of it.